theyeshiva.net. A good chaydish, a frelichen chaydish, a lichtike chaydish, a gulidike chaydish nissen, and a gesunte chaydish, a healthy month to you and your loved ones and all of the Jewish people. <coughs> So we're going to continue inside. We are up to page Kuf, Kuf Ayin. Kuf Ayin in the middle, Mamish in the middle, the line starts, Vizehu Inyan Evet Knaini. We see Vizehu Inyan Evet Knaini. Yesterday, in the previous shear, and this Maimer Matzazu Tafresh Ayin Beis, we learned about the meaning, the spiritual meaning of the Evet Knaini, and the idea that the Evet Knaini is an Evet, which spiritually represents that there is a deep commitment, which is what an Evet is. An Evet is somebody who belongs to the Master, which this is a marshal for the idea, like the Pasuk says in Parshas Bahar, God says, they're my servants. And Rashi famously says, Chazal say, You're not servants to servants. You're not avadim to other avadim. Rather, you're my avadim. So the Evet Knaini is an Evet, and yet he's called a Knaini. What makes him an Evet Knaini is, as he puts it, that Avde Behefkeri Nechaleh. The Evid really wants Hefkeris. He's frivolous. He's, an, he's not interested. He forces himself or he compels himself. Either he's afraid of his master or he respects his commitment, his agreement. There could be an Evid who's very passionate about his work. But the Gemara says a klal that you don't know about. There could be. We'll soon see different levels of Evid Knaini. But you have an Evet Knaini, he's still considered an Evet, even though he's completely uh, interested in the antithesis of the Avdus, in the, in the exact opposite of the Avdus. What is this spiritually? He says there's a Jew, he doesn't have a Ratzin, he doesn't have a desire in terms of revealed enthusiasm and passion to follow, you know, Torah and Mitzvahs. But he's still he's he's committed to it, and that's the lowest level we spoke about nefesh, or netzachayd yisoid, or asiyah. And the reason is because there is still a deep conviction in him and a value in him. We're not talking here somebody who's forced because you chained him up, and uh, you simply force him, or a child who's just uh, frightened of his father or of his teacher, because that's, sometimes, you're just forced completely externally. Here he's talking about, you're so to speak, forced internally. It's a different type of force. You're compelled from within, as he puts it, from the heskim, from the inner value or conviction, or what he called the makifim of chaya and yechideh. Makifim and chaya and yechideh are super-conscious forces and connections and values that I may not uh, experience consciously, but they certainly have an impact on me. And they have an impact on me in the sense that they guide me in a certain way, even though in a revealed way, there's a lot of resistance. So he says, V'zeu inyan evet k'nayni. Or be'evet k'nayni gufa yeshkama efanim. Within an evet k'nayni, there's many different gradations. It's not like there's one model. There is so many different models. You're going to see here quite an elevated Evet Knaini. There's somebody in his thoughts and in his words, he may get sucked in to a world devoid of divinity, but not an action. An action, he'll never do that. An action, he will always remain committed. Thoughts and words, yes, but not... not not in his action. So that's, that's one, uh, one, one level of Evet. Because before he said, there's an Evet that doesn't have a Ratzin, right? And therefore, there's stumbles, he stumbles, and then he regrets it, and he comes back, and then he stumbles again, and regrets it, and comes back. 
because essentially there's so much resistance. He's committed, but the commitment is not all-pervading. And because it's not all-pervading, you know, you fluctuate. You're not really in. So he says, but sometimes this resistance will not express itself in actions. Only in, in the rebellion will express itself in thoughts or words. And then there's an Evet Knaini. No, he will also rebel in action. Meaning, his passions and his feelings and his bodily sensations will take him away from the commitment to the point of doing actions that are inconsistent with his higher and deeper self. Not only thoughts and words, but actions as well. The rebellion, in other words, pervades all of the strata of his life, of his personality. Machshava dibremais kemoi. You'll understand how somebody speaks about an Evet Knaini. What might this action represent? In eating, he loses it. What says he loses it in eating? He eats permissible things, but he loses his connection with infinity. It basically becomes about gluttony, to fulfill the gluttony or the habits or the addiction or just the craving of his, of his animal soul, which is, of course, disconnected from the essence of what the food is. And at that moment, from who the person really is. It's like a distraction. It's a taiva, which is a distraction. But that's where he is. He's an Evet Knaini. And he's still an Evet. But it's still Dvarim HaMutarim. Yeah. Things that are permitted. Sometimes. There's a lower level of Evet Knaini. He can fall, you know, eating sometimes forbidden things or other forbidden things. And then you have the higher level of an Evet Knaini. That even in his thought and speech, he is not leaving his Avdus. An example for this would be, Shrem Gamliel Omar, Tovi Avdi Kosher there's a Mishnah Masech the Brachas that Rebbe Gamliel, I think it's in Perik Beis, the beginning of Brachas, Rebbe Gamliel Hazokin, who was considered the spiritual leader of the Jewish people, the Nasi of the Sanhedrin, the ancient Rebbe Gamliel, the old, elder Rebbe Gamliel, had an Evid, very famous. His name was Tovi, Tovi. And the Gemara, the Mishnah says in Masech the Sukkah that Tovi slept under the bed in the Sukkah and from here they learned a lot of halachas. So the Mishnah says in Brachas that when Tavi passed away, Rem Gamliel went into Avelis. He kibbel alav tanchumen. He mourned him. So the, the students were shocked that Reb Gamliel is mourning for this Evet. Like a, like a child, like a family member. So he says, my Tavi Avdi is not like other Avadim. Kasherhu. Kasherhoya. My, my Tavi is uh, something special. He's kosher. So he was an Evet Knaini. He wasn't a Jew. He was not Jewish. An Evet Knaini, when he becomes a Jewish slave, a slave for a Jew, he has a semi-Jewish status. He's mechuyev in partial mitzvahs. He's mechuyev in the mitzvahs that a woman is mechuyev. He's not mechuyev in any time-bound mitzvahs. So he's like a, he's, he, he's a male Jew, but not fully. He has to go through a bris. Of course, he has to observe the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noyach. And also the mitzvahs that a woman is obligated, which is plenty mitzvahs. But he's not mechuyiv in all the mitzvahs like his master or, 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 or the regular Jew. That's an Evet Knaini. And generally the whole life, therefore, of the Evet was completely different. He came from a different culture, came from a pagan culture. But he says, Tavi Avdi, my Tavi, is, is, is a kosher Evet. So he says, here you have an example. O Pirish kosher haya. What's that kosher? Kosher. He's still an Evet Knaini. But he did not fall even in Machshava and Dibur. Even in Machshava and Dibur, he still remained loyal. And he's still called an Evet Knaini. He's not an Evet Ivri. What's Pshat? It doesn't mean he's enthusiastic. He's not. But he's in control. The conviction and the value is so obvious to him. It's strong. It's entrenched in his soul. 
that he compels himself with to stay away from the toxic and to remain in the good and therefore his machshava and dibra are also in control. It's not just when it comes to actions, he's like, oh, I'm an Eved, I can't do this. I could, but I really don't want to. I do want to, but I don't want to. I feel like doing it, but I know I shouldn't do it. Even a machshava and dibur, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have this. An example for this, I think a lot of people can relate to. Every person has certain red, every person. Most people should have red lines that you don't cross. It doesn't mean you don't want to cross them. It doesn't mean you're not interested in crossing them. It doesn't even mean that sometimes you don't have a strong passion to cross them. And then during, during those moments, nothing really matters. This is what I want. This is going to satisfy me. This is going to distract me. This is going to give me pleasure. This sounds euphoric and messianic. You guys know what I'm talking about? You ever have this? Or nobody relates to this? Are you all on the level of Eved Ivri's? Okay, you don't have to raise your hand at once. Rabbi Litzman relates to this. Emes? Huh? It's just off YouTube. I can't say Offenheit. Okay. <laughs> so, at that moment, it's Avde Bevkeda Nechilei. But there's certain, some people don't have red lines. Yeah, they're not Evet Knaini. They're they're Bevkeda. And it's Nichelei, and that's where they go. It's not Avda anymore. I'm not an Evet. I, I, I sever my cord. You're still connected. Because he said, if you remember yesterday's class, the makifim of Chaye Yechida could never be blocked. There's no concealment on your superconscious. Because since it's your superconscious, so it's not internalized within the regular structure, so your regular trauma or toxicity or, uh, or clipper shells can't block it. So there's always a connection. But we're talking about how the person is living, what's manifested in my life. So we, all of us sitting here, you have certain red lines you will not cross. What are those red lines? Yeah. For example, I assume many people sitting here, I'm just going to give a, a, a very simple example. Eating on Yom Kippur. Saying Lashon Hada is forbidden. Saying Lashon Hada is forbidden. And eating on Yom Kippur is forbidden. Eating on Yom Kippur, for many people sitting in this room, it's a red line. We we sin, we do other things. But I won't eat on Yom Kippur. Why? Why? Why won't you eat on Yom Kippur? You do other sins. This is a classic example. It's not because I'm not hungry. I may be hungry, I may be very thirsty. You have a Jew, the Baditchev said, he doesn't know why it says in the Torah that you shouldn't eat on Yom Kippur. He also doesn't know why the Nevi'im had to make a fast on Tisha B'av and institute it as a mitzvah to fast on Tisha B'av. He doesn't understand. They said, why don't you understand? The said, because on Tisha B'av, who could eat? And on Yom Kippur, who wants to eat? So what do you have to write down? You don't have to write down a mitzvah not to eat on Yom Kippur. Who wants to eat on Yom Kippur? <laughs> it's like... Uh, Whenever I do a wedding, I notice that in the Yichud room, the chassan and kala never eat. Yeah? There's always the best food of the wedding is in the Yichud room after the chuppah, because the chassan and kala fast. But they don't eat it. It's good sushi, there's good cake. So who eats it? The rabbi and the photographer. The rabbi and the photographer, they always eat the food. Then they fight over the sushi after the chuppah, after the Yichud room. But the point here is, why don't they eat it? Because I guess the adrenaline is flowing and it's very exciting, or let's hope it's very exciting. And they don't have to eat. I, they fasted all day. Yeah, but the high of the moment, they just got married. And they love each other. And it's the first time they could be together as a married couple in this private room. It's very special. So the Baditshever, I don't know if I have to say Lahavdal, but the Baditshever said, Yim Kippur, who wants to eat? Who wants to eat? It's like by Ne'ila, by Shema Yisrael, most Jews don't want to eat. Later you want to eat. Tisha B'av, he says, who can eat? But we're not talking about that level. We're talking about somebody who wants to eat. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. And yet, I'm not going to go eat. I mean, I, and I won't even say it. I'm not going to say, okay, now I'm going to eat, but I won't eat. Or even think it. I may think that it would have been nice to drink, to have a drink. I may think, I'm not sure why God gains from me not drinking for 24 hours. That's a thought. But the actual thought, I'm going out to the sink to take a cup of water. Many people will not do that. The same is true. People have different red lines that they cross. So that's what he's saying. The Evet Knaini, he's rebellious. 
He's not interested. But the values are so deeply ingrained in him, or he's in touch with his superconscious, even if it's not in a conscious way. But he knows this is who he really, really is, even if he doesn't feel it. And that's enough to guide him. How much? Some of them, he will stumble on every level, but he'll, he'll jump back. You know, you say, I'm sorry. Next. Some, he says, in mice and never. But in a lot of rebellion. And he says, Tavi was kosher. What was kosher? He was an Evet. Still an Evet Knaini. But the Avdus expressed itself even, it guided even his machshava and Dibur. Even in terms of his passion, if you would take an x-ray of what he's feeling like, he's not interested. But the Heskim, the inner agreement with himself, could prevail over the resistance because of the Hefkeda Nechile. And that's a very powerful model in life. It's a very important model in life. Because it doesn't mean that whatever I do, I'm always in agreement with. On every level. There may be so many parts of me that have different voices. That's the Evet Knaini in me. And yet, the relationship can still be a very powerful one. This is called a relationship on the level of Nefesh, on the level of Netzach and Hoyd, on the level of Asiya, on the level of Hoydu, Moida, before Psukkah de Zimra. This is a relationship of the Evet Knaini. Umbuvan. Why is there this difference? Because this Evet Knaini is Be'etzem Bedakas Be'yoser. He's more edel, he's more refined. What does it mean he's more refined? He's more in touch with his antenna. His antennas are picking up more of his inner core. They're picking up more of his makifim, of chaya yechidim. They are more sensitive. And therefore... Even his thoughts and words are harnessed. Because he's, a diff- he's in a different state. As an Evet Knani is in a different state. Gam yesh Another element you can add is. Shazel mitzad ha-makifim de ruach ha-neshama. It's because of the makifim of ruach ha-neshama. Earlier we spoke about the makifim of chaye yechida. Chaye yechida are the transcendent elements of the soul that are not manifested consciously. They're there, they're present, but they're not manifest. Like your subconscious. It can impact your whole life, but you don't access it. Sometimes there's a little trickle. But here he says, there's something else. There's the makifim of ruach and neshama. What does this mean? Nefesh, ruach, and neshama are an erpnimi. They're not an ermakif. Erpnimi means they're manifested. They're but every level, even an erpnimi, has many dimensions. What is manifested today was not manifested yesterday. Yesterday it was a makif. So makif is relative here to the pnimi, which means maybe I may be teaching an idea to my students. Yeah. Teaching is always about erpnimi, always. What does teaching mean? Real teaching means you communicate in a way that it permeates the vessels of the student. If not, it's not teaching. It's preaching, it's pontificating, it's just expressing yourself. Pedagogy, education, teaching is always custom-made. It's tailoring the ideas to the world of the student. And it's not just, I'm not talking talking about education of information. Any type of education. Mentoring. Mentoring somebody. Guiding somebody. Providing counseling for somebody. There is something called Ermakif. But our pnimi would mean internalized light. But in pnimi itself, you have that which is still above him. Maybe it's going to take another day or another week. So nefesh ruach and neshama also has makifim. So he says, mitzada makifim de ruach and neshama. Dehinei makifim de chayi yechidah, he makifim be'etzim. Chayi yechidah are essential makifim. They are defined by makif. They're defined by makif. They're defined by not being in kalim. They're defined by infinity. They are allergic to Kalim. It completely defies their identity. But Ruach and Hashem are not about Makif, they're about Pnimius. And for this, 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 the Evid doesn't have this. The Evid is not in a state of Ruach and Hashem. He's in touch with Nefesh, not with Ruach and Hashem. In other words, his spiritual connection is expressed, yeah is expressed in the way he lives, not 
in his enthusiasm and emotions. They're not. That's when he's an Evet Knaini. Now let's remember, we can fluctuate. A person one hour of the day can be this state and a different state. Remember that it's not one model for life. They're stages. So, But the Ruach and Hashem can affect him even on a level of Makif. What does it mean even on a level of Makif? There's something there. There's something there. It's not completely internalized. That's why he's an Evet Knaini. The Makifim of Chayi Yechide are not conscious. But they're deep, deep values that you may not be in touch with. Many people, or maybe even most people, if I ask you, Speak about what you care about most, most deep, deep. So we have generic answers. You care about your family. You care about your parents. You care about your siblings. You care about your close friends. But if a person is really challenged, you know, what's really the most meaningful, meaningful thing? Very often, these are things that you just, you just live. They're not put under the radar. Chaya and Yechida are very, very deep. Sometimes people are not even aware of it. Here he's talking about the makifim of Ruach and Neshama, the makifim of Ruach and that he has some hergish of it. And that's the difference why some avadim knanim, their machshava and dibur is protected, and others not. He says one could be because of the deep agreement he made, and one could be because there's still a makif of Ruach and Neshama that he senses even though there's no primius of that makif. And that's already a different level of makif, it's not makif be'etzim. It's like we spoke about you know that it's this way. Do you disagree? Yeah, I disagree. That's why I'm arguing with you. But I'm moide because I know it's this way. This is already this is already a more this is a more of an arpnimi, even though it's still called haida. It's not completely internalized. The inyan haruach zau inyan is spilus hamidus. Ruach is emotion. Excitement, emotiveness. It comes through meditating on the truth of Hashem, the creation of the worlds. The Evet Knaini may completely not be connected to this. It just does not speak to him. It's not inspiring him. It does not trigger him. But he's not far from it. That's pshat, the makif of ruach or neshama is revealed. He's not far from it. And because he's not far from it, it affects him. And that's the highest Evet Knaini, like Tavi, kosher haya. He was kosher. He was something unique. Even as an Evet Knaini, he's in a different realm. V'zeu inyan Evet Knaini. The evidivity. Then you have an evidivity. What's an evidivity? An evidivity in halacha is a Jewish slave. A Jew. Somebody who is, who's a full Jew. Completely Jewish. And therefore he's mechuyev in all the mitzvahs. Because he's a regular, ordinary Jew. He's not a knaini who was purchased as an evid. But he's an evidivity. And there's a completely different halachas. He goes out after six years. The Gemara says about him, I mentioned if you buy him, it's like you bought a master. There's a lot of halachas that guide an Eved Ivri, enumerated, as I said, in Rambam Hilchas Avadim, in halacha. What is it in Avoida, in Pnimius, Eved Ivri, who sheyesh rots in lelikus. The avdus in him is in a Ivri Oifen. It's, it's a Jewish avdus. What does it mean? It means that simple... The man or the woman is excited. There's a rotson, there's a powerful will and passion for, for infinity, for godliness. The Evid Ivrihu Madregus Haruach. The Ruach Zao Inyan is Pailus Hamidus, as we said. Shabai Satfila, the primary time for this is Davening. Shabai Satfila Yashla is Pailus Hanefeshla Lakus. At least during davening, his godly, his soul, emotes in a very powerful, real, enthusiastic relationship with God. There's what he calls Those are the key words. The presence of divine infinity 
illuminates him. It's present in his conscious self. It changes everything. Imagine two marriages. There's a marriage where you're loyal. You're loyal. You're an Evet Kneini. <laughs> but passion, there's no passion. There's marriages like this. There's, they're loyal. And there's red lines they won't cross. Not the husband, not the wife. They're good people. Some of them in Misa, only in action. And even in action, some of them will cross, they'll fall, they'll regret, they'll fall, regret, they'll fall. Some of them will only fall in words, words, or thoughts. And sometimes not even that. But there's still no passion. Really, there is a passion. I'm not talking here of forced marriage, abusive, dysfunctional. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about... Uh, battered women or uh, with real abuse and dysfunction where you're just forced stigma and fear and, and pressure and coercion. I'm not talking about that. That's not part of Avodah Hashem. That the person needs help to be able to emancipate themselves from the shackles of abuse. We're talking here an inner conviction. But there's no passion. There's no enthusiastic passion. Now, as I told you, it could be a year like this and a year like this. We fluctuate. It can even be a day like this and a day like that. He's talking about models. These models don't guide necessarily a person in their entire life. But the Evet Knaini means, I have red lines because I have deep convictions and I also have a deep value. But that value is super conscious. It's called Makif of Chaye Yechida. But I may be a more refined person. Or I may feel the makifim of nefesh, of ruach. And therefore, at least I'm not so far from some passion. And that affects a different type of relationship. So this person will cross red lines and then bounce back. This person will not cross red lines in action. This person will cross red lines in words, but not in action. And this person, not even in words, but in thoughts. And this person, not even in thoughts. And that's Tavi. Tavi comes from the word Tav. The Bnei Yisoscha, it's brought in Kabbalah. The word Tavi, it says that, the Bnei Yisoscha writes that from the Arizal, that Tavi was a reincarnation of Cham. Cham, who was one of the children of Noyach. Uh, and that's why it says he slept under the bed in the Sukkah, because it says that Cham was the only person who uh, had intimacy in the Teva, which they were not supposed to during the flood. And his tikkun for that was sleeping under the Sukkah. It's a whole, it's a whole uh, separate shear. But Tavi was, comes to the word Toiv. The Toiv emerges. And that Toiv versus Ra, Ra's brokenness and Toiv is wholesomeness. So that's one level of, that's an Evid Knaini on many different levels. An Evid Ivri is a marriage where at least once a day there's tremendous enthusiasm, tremendous inspiration, tremendous passion. And I should just mention, during this time of quarantine, you know, everyone is speaking about finding the silver lining. One of the silver linings one to find find is whenever people are quarantined, all their goodness comes out and all their dysfunction comes out. You know, if we're together in one room or in one house, I can't run away. Whenever I can't escape, so if our relationship is paradise-like, it's paradise. And if our relationship is dysfunctional, it becomes even more dysfunctional. Now, none of us are perfect. Everyone has our issues and struggles. The only people... I know are perfect other people I don't know. So it's really an opportunity now. It's a very opportune time for people to work on these things because you're together. And uh, it makes the difference between paradise and purgatory. When you're together with somebody that you really get along with and you trust and you could rely on, it's a whole different experience. And that's why it's maybe not spoken about a lot, but it should be. You know, We're not speaking about domestic abuse now. But domestic abuse is a problem. Because fathers or mothers who are abusive, it's just much worse. He's not running away to work or on his business trips. And it's extremely important to deal with this, everyone on their own level. Now, when there's real domestic abuse, you have to call authorities. But I'm saying, I'm not talking here real domestic abuse with people sitting here. And I hope I'm not talking about that. If I am, you should get your act together very fast. But... Um, but I'm talking about the fact that it's a time to be able to look in to the issues that separate us and cause us to drift apart and try to bring it closer together because that's the opportunity for quarantine. This is my parenthesis, exercise for the day. So the Evid Ivri is somebody that during davening, 
the marriage flourishes. There is romance. There is affection. There is a spilus. I appreciate you. I enjoy you. I'm not an avdebefkeid in the No, this is where I want to be. This is where my heart, my soul, my body tells me I want to be. This is a great place to hang out. This is where I want to remain. As David HaMelech says. I dwell here because I want to dwell here. Nobody's forcing me. I'm not compelled. It's not Befkeid in the That's what he says beautifully. Even the animal soul is subdued. It like surrenders to the passion. In other words, the resistance is subdued. And if you would take an MRI during davening, this person says, all day, this is going to be an amazing relationship. All day I want to maintain this, not only when I daven. It's again, back to that, that motion of the couple. There's such revealed enthusiasm. At that moment, it's like this is going to be forever. The honeymoon will last forever. During davening, there's so much inspiration. Like, how can I even go anywhere else? Why would I put my mind or my words or my actions anywhere else? The problem is <laughs> that life doesn't work this way. The problem is we create sometimes certain passions. But I finish davening and suddenly I see the food on the table. And a whole different part of me comes out, right? Back to the marriage muscle. It's amazing and you trust each other. But then you go to work. In this case, you don't go to work. You, you go to work at home or whatever you do. You're stressed out. Yeah, you're lazy. You're fearful. You hear something. Something is triggered. And you lose it. That's the muscle of this. By, in the middle of davening, it's, it's so good. It's so geschmack. How could we ever be estranged? But we know it doesn't always work that way. So he says, So again, the thoughts and the words of worldliness, devoid of godliness, can take over the person. And then he gets frustrated because it's not really who he wants to be. The reason is because he's a male slave. He's not a female slave. He's an evidivity. He's not an amivity. What the 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 the, the beauty here? I don't know the beauty. The truth of this is this place for an evid knayni. This place for an evidivity. But even an evidivity, he's not being mavatel him. But he's saying. He's not a changed person. His animal soul was subdued because of the passion. There was no transformation. You know, the beer, the beer hibernates for six months, and after six months, it's weak. The hunters know that after six months in a den, it's weak. Its fat is reduced, and it has to go finding... It goes searching for, uh, for seals and for salmon, the polar bears. Yeah. During tefillah, your animal soul was weakened. It was weakened. You know, you don't eat for, for, for a few hours or for a day, and you're a little weak. That's it. You didn't lose your, uh, your personality. That's only the beginning. It's a hechsher. It's, it's a potential that you could work with it more. So even the Eved Divri, who feels passion, not like the Eved Knaini. The Eved Knaini is guided by inner core values that are super conscious. Or by inner commitments that I, he's not excited about. It's like I signed a contract, I'll follow through. Guided also, but on a deeper level, there's the concept that I signed the contract. There's a concept that I'm in touch with my superconscious, even I'm not, I'm not conscious about it. There's a concept that I'm in touch with the makif of my ruach, even though it's not fully integrated. The Eved Ivri, on the other hand, is passionate. But, but, because he didn't change himself completely. So therefore, he could be taken, swept in by other tsunamis, by other forces. So therefore, the climate changes. 
the situation changes. He's not in this mode. He's in a different mode. And something tempts him and takes him away from his relationship with infinity. And therefore, but then he's frustrated. He's upset. And it's a cycle. This is the concept the Gemara says in Meseches Brachas. Tzadikim yeitzah toiv shayftan. Rishayim yeitzah horah shayftan. Beinanim zevezeh shayftan. What's pshat? Tzadikim, it says the yeitzah horah judges them. Rishayim, the yeitzah horah, I'm sorry, Tzadikim, the yeitzah toiv judges them. Rishayim, the yeitzah horah, and beinanim, intermediaries both. What, what does this mean? The pshat is, what, the, what does it mean judges you? Shayftan, what, what does it mean the toiv judges you? Why does it judge you? Judge you, he doesn't mean like we say in English, I'm judging you, he's judging you, she's judging me. Shayftan here means like the real word of a shayfet, a, a jurist, a jurist, a, a judge in court. What happens? What happens in court? This is explained in Tanya in chapter 13, Perikid Gimel, at length. What's, what's, what, what happens in court? You have, let's say, three judges, a grand trial, three judges here. Yeah. A question is being discussed, guilty or innocent, or how, 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 how deep is the guilt, yeah, how deep is the innocence, true, false, whatever the situation, whatever the situation at hand. Yeah. You have three doctors dealing with a particular patient. There's a disagreement. One shayfet says, this is the right thing. Another shayfet says, this is the right thing. Then they have to make a verdict. They'll follow the majority. Sometimes there's a jury, a whole jury, a huge jury with a lot of shayftim. So he says, Tzadikim yetzirtoiv shayftim. The definition of a tzaddik is, there's only one jurist, there's only one man in the jury, and his opinion is the only voice that's heard. Rishayim yetzahar shayftim. One voice. Beininim zevizah shayftim. Beininim, the jury has a lot of voices. And they're all, they're all equal. They're all very powerful. During davening, whose voice am I hearing? I'm hearing the voice of my godly soul. We're talking now a davening where I get from Haidu to Psukkah to Zimra. A davening where I tune in to my, to my passion. As we spoke before, how? And if that's the case, my nefesh elikis starts talking. And we're talking about, what's, what do I mean by a voice? I mean by a sensation. There's an emotion. There's a real feeling. And the other judge, the animal soul, is subdued. He's quiet. He's weak. He's quiet. He's mesmerized. He's engulfed. He's overwhelmed. But after davening, Suddenly the animal soul also has what to say. He wakes up. He wakes up. And therefore there's a new consciousness in you. You're not excited anymore about infinity, about God. Because there was never a real transformation here, not even during Davani. And that's why it's called an Eved Ivri. It's an Eved Ivri, much higher than an Eved Knaini. But there's still no Shinoi. And this is where Neshama comes in. Neshama changes a person. Changes a person. It, it, you, become, you become a transformed person. Only Neshama. So, Commission is Bari Betanya. Shaydeis Eredus Ava Vijire Habaydeis Bainanus Begdulus Hashem. Aydeis Meshama is Tivu. For this, you need meichin be'etzem, not the bechein. The difference of ruach and neshama that we learned two days ago was it? A few days ago. Ruach is very deep. Ruach tunes into the natural emotions of the godly soul, and it's very powerful. But the person is not a changed person, and that's why you still fluctuate. Now I'm excited, and now I'm excited the other way. There's two shayftim in my life. Where does transformation come? Transformation comes from the level of neshama. 
Shalze Amru im ein bina ein das. The Mishnah says if there's no bina, there's no das. We, we explain if there's no understanding, there's no knowledge. If there's no understanding, there's no perception. It says das, huloshen, viyoyde behem anshe sukkas, vitayigim unkulus, vitavar. The word das means perception, knowledge. It also comes from the word brokenness. The Tanakh says the, the men of Sukkot, the people of Sukkot, will be broken through it. What redoes, what breaks down and reconstructs the animal soul and transforms darkness to light, there's no das if there's no bina. The shvira, not the kfia, not the subduing, the reconstruction, the breaking down and recreating, this happens through the level of neshama. What is this? The true, full understanding of Ein Saif, as much as a person can understand. Including understanding that I can't understand. This seems a little counterintuitive. Why? How does understanding change me? It's academics. Right? It seems counterintuitive. Emotions change me. That's the Chiddush here. <laughs> Emotions don't change you. <laughs> Emotions feed you. They don't change you. Emotions feed you. They don't change you. They don't transform you. They're great. They're great. The passion, the romance, it's beautiful. Enjoy it while it lasts. But it ain't lasting. We'll soon see why. This is about emes. It's Havana, it's, it's understanding the truth. It doesn't mean academic detachment. It's a professor who just teaches a lesson. It's, it's tuning into transcendence. It'll become clear. This is not so easy to understand. We'd have to... But that is good to the Chalavan. For this you need to understand Ba'arichis. Learn and understand and meditate in great elaboration. Person has to have a havon and his bainanus in all of Sayyid Ishtashus. All of Sayyid means the entire evolutionary system of the divine energy, from the highest to the lowest, which so many Maimarim, that's why the Balatanya spoke about this. And people often wonder, why do I have to know this? Again, just tell me how to make my marriage normal. Just tell me how to be a better father. Tell me how to be successful. Teach me how to make money and get rid of my anxiety. That's it. Not every mime back. With Simpson, with Rav, with Talmud, with Adam Kadnan, with Before Simpson, with Post Simpson, with Toyu, with Tikkun, with Shvidasakela. Do me a favor, teach me about anxiety. That's it. Either I can make money or anxiety. Give me some solution. How do I deal with depression? How do I deal with my child? How do I deal with myself? How do I deal with my mother? How do I deal with my sister? How do I deal with my partner? How do I deal with Corona? That's what you would think, right? That's, that's nice. It's geschmack. It's good for marketing. <laughs> it's very good for marketing. We have a new psychologist on the block who's going to teach you to become anxiety-free during the coronavirus. Gewaldik. At best, at best, it's an evidivity. So evidivity is a beautiful thing. The evidivity is somebody who learns tools to be able to discover very beautiful parts within themselves. But the stability of it and the longevity of it is often not present. Because it came by subduing, silencing, and weakening the other side. Not real transformation. Real transformation happens on the level of neshama. Not nefesh, not ruach. Now, this does not delegitimize an Evet Knaini and Evet We never do that. We don't delegitimize. On the contrary, these are essential, essential experiences in life and very powerful ones. But 
But like always in the Maimarim, we want to understand the ideal, I shouldn't say the ideal, we want to understand the levels of what a person is capable of developing within their own relationship with themselves. Without negating, of course, so many different aspects and so many different levels that are all part of the equation. So he says, And not just going through levels, understanding how and what, each dimension, each nuance. And only then does the divine light illuminate him, Bipnimius. By the Evadivity, it also illuminates him, but he didn't use the word Bipnimius. Bipnimius means it becomes him. He becomes a vessel for godly light. And this changes you forever. Vatam. I'm now going to read two lines and three lines. And if you understand the next three lines, that's not a good sign. That's the failure of Rabbi Waiwai. If you don't understand the next three lines, good. Okay. But I want you to hear it without understanding it. For a moment. This is a daring statement. Midis, even of the godly soul, godly midis, godly emotions, sensations, passions are not vessels for divinity. Why? Why? Isn't that the greatest thing? I'm excited. I love you. I love you. I love you. I want to be with you. I'm passionate. Because midis always denotes that you're outside of the essence. You're external. You're outside. Shemidis heimispailos. Midas is his spilus, emotion, excitement. And every spilus means I'm outside of the essence of the thing or the person or the being I'm so excited about. When you're one, there's no spilus. Spilus is only when you're not one. When you're outside. So whenever you're in the mode of Midas, it's very spiritual, but you're not a real vessel for Elikus. We're talking about Moichin Be'etzem. Neshama is about oneness. The Bechlal Moichin Be'etzem Dveikas Vis Achdos. Moichin is about oneness, unity. Even intellectual excitement is not real excitement. You can't be a vessel for Ein Saif if you're outside of the Etzim. Because the definition of Ein Saif is that it's complete, it's holistic, it's one, it's infinite. So the only way is if you're inside, if you're one. And that can't happen in the world of Ispilus. It only happens in the world of Moichin. And that's when you become a changed person. You become divine. My nature is not changed. My animal soul is subdued. It's, it's, uh, it's subdued, it's quiet, it's weak, it surrenders, it submits. But then it gets, it hibernates and then it wakes back, it wakes up and starts talking and it, it's very powerful. The transformation happens on the level of Moich and not on the level of Midas. I hope not. <laughs> you understand why I hope you don't understand this, right? Because if you understand this within two or three minutes, you, you just can't understand this. It, it, means you not, it means you're fooling yourself. Whenever you understand something fast, it could be one of two reasons. Either because the idea is quite simple, or because you don't understand it. <laughs> 
So very often the idea is quite simple, maybe even superfluous, but very often it's because we don't understand it. There's, of course, a third option, because you're a brilliant, brilliant person. So this needs, this needs, what is the Rebbe Nishma Seydin teaching us? What is, he, what is he teaching us here? Midas are not Kalim Lelikos. Again, it's counterintuitive. When you speak to somebody, you say, what's a deeper relationship? You learn about somebody or you feel them? <laughs> of course, you feel you, I feel you. I'm connected to you. When I learn about you. And that's true. Learning is academics. So I learn about something, big deal. I told you once that Bertrand Russell was a professor of Cambridge and they once asked him, how can you teach ethics? He used to teach ethics. When you're not ethical, there was some uh, behavioral elements in his life that were well known in Britain. So he said, I also teach mathematics. I teach geometry. I teach trigonometry. And I'm not a circle and I'm not a triangle. Right? You, you could teach it, but I teach about a triangle, I have to become a triangle? So you could teach about ethics and you're not ethical. Don't confuse that with them. That's not his achdos. That's academics, like a computer. I have information, I retain information. Here he's talking about a moichin that's deeper than midas. Now, usually we say you can learn about something, big deal. Information is nothing. Inspiration. Inspiration. But here he's talking about a moichen that's much deeper than Midas. The moichen that is not mechutzlah etzem, it's in the etzem. And that's the only way a person can become a keli for elikus. Be'ezer Hashem, tomorrow morning, we'll continue and try to, Be'ezer uh, Hashem, try to uh, decipher it at least a little bit and bring it down and try to apply it to our lives to the best of uh, our ability. And in the meantime, I wish you all my dear friends, a beautiful, meaningful, inspiring, healthy day, both as an Evid Kneini and as an Evid Ivri, and hopefully soon also as an Amma Ivriya. Amma Ivriya is the female servant, which is Neshama. Uh, Evid Kneini is Nefesh, Evid Ivri is Neshama, is, is Ruach, and Amma Ivriya is Neshama on, uh, on all three levels. And Be'ezer Hashem, we will be, see you tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock a.m. I also want to invite everybody to, uh, you can uh, suggest to your children. We're going to have a very special children's program today at 4 o'clock p.m. And uh, all children, your children, your grandchildren should be very exciting and meaningful. Kids can ask all their questions. Text them to 845-777-4747. It's going to start 4 o'clock on the yeshiva.net for children the world over. Hopefully it'll be inspiring, fun, and meaningful. Have a beautiful day and stay healthy on a freilichen chaydish nissen, a guten chaydish nissen. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.